Okay, here we go. The Ben and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch your radio dial. The Ben and Maggie Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last Go. <laughs> What's that, Brandon? Or some about, some yeah, about, let's go, Brandon. Let's yeah. go, Brandon, yeah. yeah. Brandon's doing a hell of a job so far. I know. This is uh, episode 149. You know, we're on the cusp of a third, third year anniversary on this uh, this podcast, uh, gentlemen. Do you um, purchase any gifts for the crew? Not yet. No. Episode 149, featuring the three amigos, or in Spanish, the tres amigos. Oh. <laughs> Guillermo Smith. See. Si. Senor Guillermo Smith, uh, Benjamin Cochina, that's kitchen. Hola, Miguelito Adams, that's me. Veterans of uh, over twenty thousand broadcasts in this in this one room here. Twenty thousand, yeah, twenty thousand, twenty thousand two hundred eleven. If you include Ben, good going, Ben. <laughs> Dick, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I just tickle myself pink. All right. By the way, we've had over the three years we've been on doing this podcast, we've had thousands and thousands and thousands. Hundreds of thousands. We're approaching a million Million. downloads. That's uh, on the on the agenda for us. So we thank all of our listeners on the podcast. Each Uh, one of them sent us a dollar. Joining us, you know that would actually be good. We'd be rich, huh? We've had great sponsors. We're starting in the early days of the podcast. Remember Joe Fish? Joe Fish. Two two great restaurants, Joe Fish in North Andover and in North Reading. I'm going to mention all these guys, you know, even though they, they might not be sponsoring this week's episode. But every one of them was a really good... Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to vouch for any product that isn't the best because it's my personal reputation on the line right. here, gentlemen. Right. You're, yours, too. Yeah, that's right. My name is on that. Jeez, if we had a imagine we had a real clown for a sponsor. I know, just a bad guy that nobody it, liked. It would be like, oh, yo, come down to Clowny Joe's car dealership. Oh, yo, we've got the best deals going on all kinds of new and used vehicles. Oh, yo, yo. Why do you gotta make fun of Clowny Joe? <laughs> did you hear what he did? No. Yeah. What did he do? Smell his finger. <laughs> no. Okay, well, no, he. <laughs> what? What? Was that automatically filthy? No. What sort of you? smell his finger? Come on. You never uh, know where that finger's been. Well, I, I do. I, just, I covered the story. Uh, my grandma's coffee cake, tremendous sponsor. Oh, the, yes. Absolutely, without question, the world's greatest coffee cake. And we're getting into a season now where it's good to order these for Thanksgiving, Christmas gifts. Go to uh, 1-800. Uh, what is it? Okay. Go to mygrandma.com. Yep. And uh, you know we like the blueberry, but they have they have cinnamon walnut. They got they got. Uh, uh, There's a problem with those cakes. Granny Smith apple. Yeah, you want to eat them all. The, you get the cake. The They're first so slice. Good. You want a second one. Then you want a third one. Then you want a fourth right, one. Right. It's just it feels good in your mouth. It's and really this good. season, the pumpkin spice comes out, and they and what you do is you put that in the microwave for about thirty seconds or twenty seconds, and just to make it hot. And then you put on some vanilla ice cream on top of the pumpkin spice cake, and it's it's a coffee cake. It's the greatest. Anyway. Or go one eight hundred eight grandma. There you go. See, whoever came up with that number was a cannibal. That's one eight hundred eight grandma for to order cakes. Tell Mikey sent you because I don't know. Just tell him that. 
We've had, uh, who else? We had Resonate, that great dispensary in Worcester with the Blue Dream. Yep. Uh, maybe the, the p- best possible strain of, of cannabis ever made. Blue Dream. Uh, who else did we have here? Oh, of course, we are today sponsored by Leonard Hair Transplant Associates. Yep. You know, can I name a couple of famous people that have had their hair done by transplanted and fixed permanently? Yeah, go ahead. You know the actor Kevin Chapman? Mm-hmm. He's yep. in Mystic River. Good man. Yeah, he's yeah. in uh, The Brotherhood. He's yeah. great. Yeah. He had Person his... Person uh, of interest. Yep. Uh, D- David Portnoy from uh, Barstool Sports. Yep. Wes Welker, who was really a great slot receiver uh, before Edelman came along. I mean, really great. Yeah. Rob Ninkovich, Sebastian Vollmer, Tom Karen, Tom E. Curran. Christian Fourier, and of course, yours truly. You know, still, I mentioned it last time about that Lloyd Christmas haircut you currently have. It's beautiful. I, I look like a million bucks. A 1.25 with inflation. <laughs> Call 1-800-GET-HAIR or go to hairdr.com. Uh, i got to get serious here for a moment about my friend, our late friend, Numi, who passed away this oh, past yeah. week. Numi. Uh, Bob Newmeyer was uh, a guy that I first met... Uh, I'm going to say late 70s. He worked at Channel 3 in Hartford. Now, at the time, I didn't work there, but uh, I knew a lot of people who knew him. I used to go to some of the Whaler games and press box stuff. And, uh, he was very good friends with a friend of mine who also has passed away, Randy Smith, the writer. Because Bob Newmeyer was a writer, yeah. you know, originally. And then he became a TV anchor and reporter at Channel 3 in Hartford, along with uh, Ted Leitner, who later became the voice of the San Diego Padres. And really good team they had at Channel 3 in Hartford. And Bob Newmeyer. Uh, one time was asking, uh, through Randy Smith asked if, if I knew anybody who had cable, cause back in the late seventies, very few people had cable. Yeah, that's right. It was kind of a new thing. So it would have to be in specific towns to get, he wanted to watch a specific hockey game that wasn't on regular TV. So he's asking everybody he knew who has cable, who has cable. So my brother had cable in Manchester, Connecticut, my older brother, Chris. And he, he I, I said, my brother has cable. Oh, he does. Did, would he mind if Numi came over and watched the game? <laughs> I mean, nobody yeah. knew, really knew him. Yeah. And I said, no, probably not. I asked him, my brother said, no, no problem. But the problem with it was that my brother had one TV, and it was a little black and white TV. <laughs> he did have cable. Yeah. So Numi shows up with three of his friends to watch this one important hockey game that he had to see, and he could only see it on cable. So I come over to the house a little later. I see these three guys. I don't know them. And me and these three guys laying on the floor in my brother's living room watching this little black and white TV <laughs> for some hockey game. And I, oh, that's when I first met Numi way back then. Yeah. Now, of course, later on, I knew him better from, uh, you know, when he worked at WEI. And he was, he was Bob Lobel's. Uh, by the way, Bob Lobel with a tremendous tribute to his friend uh, Numi on Channel 4. They yeah. went and talked to Loby about, about Numi, and it was great. It was very heart touching because they were really, really tight. Yeah, they were friends. <clears throat> and you could tell Numi, I mean, rather, Loby was very, very, uh, you know, I don't know, emotional about it. Yeah. So uh, everybody liked Numi. Uh, he was a very, very interesting guy. He had some very famous uh, Weiner Line uh, imitators. Uh, and when he worked with Dale, mm-hmm. uh, that was probably the best Dale ever was, yeah, with all Numi. due respect to any of his other partners. You know, I think he was best with Numi, and I think uh, I think we all realized that. Um, so the late, uh, the late great, he was the voice of the Whalers. You know, the early on when they were the WHA Whalers, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a really, really good uh, hockey fan, a really good broadcaster. He knew how to tell a story, and uh, and he got along with everybody. Yeah. So um, rest in peace, Bob Newmeyer. Yeah. I remember I had to do a commercial with him once. 
And uh, I've forgotten who the client was, but yeah, he had to have it. I think, you know, sometimes you'll do a commercial and you'll make a mistake halfway through. Yeah. And being a recording guy, I just say, why don't you just pick it up from right there and I'll, I can make yeah, an edit. edit. Yeah, Very edits, easy yeah. edit. No, no, no. Uh, you know, let me, let me do it from the beginning. So he would start it again over and over. He's like Elvis because Elvis used to do his songs like that from yeah. beginning to end in one piece. Sure. And sure enough, the, the final product was always perfect, but... Getting to that point was a, was an ordeal. Yeah. yeah, some people are just perfectionists. You know, yeah. like I I I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think we've all noticed that, Mike. Yeah. Not, <clears throat> notice no, notice what <clears throat> your uh, lack of perfection. Oh, well, what are you talking about? Any other? Sponsors? See, I don't know what you're getting at, then, and I really resent that. <laughs> oh, do we have any other sponsors in you there? You do resemble these remarks. Other sponsors? Yeah, we didn't we have a we had the Oh uh, yeah. Well there's I'll tell you what. Shawshine Firearms. Shawshine Firearms and yes. Yeah. Matter of fact, we're gonna effort an endeavor to try to talk to Vinny down at Shawshine Firearms because I have some questions about guns in this Alex Baldwin story. We'll get to that as soon as we can here. Vinny's got all the answers, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I, we can get to that. I told him to call when he can. So uh, oh yeah. Did you just edit me again? No, I'm just kidding. Not yet. Would you like me to? No. Um, I think the least... What? Go ahead. Hey. What? (laughs) He's cutting off my... He's cutting off my my microphone. Uh, Just to let you know who the boss is around here. Oh, shit. Uh, You know, one thing about Numi, too, he's born in Weymouth. You know who else was born in Weymouth? My son, Andy. Really? Who's now 15. And Jerry Thornton. My son is 15. Jerry Thornton, too. And my son, Andy, is 15, and he's working for a living at... Market basket. What a good kid. So is he the man of the house now? He, well, in some ways he is. I mean, when it comes to doing the work, yeah. yeah. When it comes to being king of the king of the jungle, it's me, of course. But 15 and he has a job. Good for him. Yeah, he has a job. And he, and he, you know, he goes off to work every day. Puts, puts on a tie and a little white shirt and he's got the apron. And he's just a great kid. Good man. It's like cashier, bagger. What is he doing? Bagger right now. Bagger, bagger McFly. He's, he's, uh, is he trying to get over to that deli counter? I don't know about that. You know, work uh, his way up from there. You can you can lose a finger. You know, when you on the deli count. By the way, did you hear about the butcher? What happened to the butcher when he backed into the meat grinder? He he got a little behind in his orders. <laughs> a little behind in his. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to our snap listeners back. for the snap back behavior of our host. Didn't take me that to long. To apologize to all butchers. I know. Yeah, that's right. I want to also promote the fact that we have a new podcast coming out. When's it coming out, Ben? Soon. 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 Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Soon. Yeah. That's a bit when people used to call I, radio. I can't. I, I, you don't know. That's the problem. You set it up and you say, hey, Just when are you going to be get ready? it done. No. You know what? People used to call the radio station when I was on WPOP. And TJ Lambert, one of the DJs, taught me this. He says, when little kids call, and they call, there's a lot of teeny boppers listening. This is in the 70s. Uh, and they'd ask for certain songs. And you, he says, here's what you tell them. Say, coming up. When's it? Can you play Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas? Coming up. <laughs> you, you didn't tell them when it's coming up. You know it's coming up, though. And you know they'd be glued to the station until the song you, came up. You don't say next hour. You don't say next 10 minutes. You say, coming up. And they go, Okay. It's just like you're getting out of your lying, kind of. Lying to children, you know? God, Mikey. That station had listeners, though. I mean, you give away just some crappy prize, and the phones would light up. They had, like, 14 phone lines, and the banks would just light up. And you go, oh, 
the power. The power I have with all these 14-year-old girls listening to me. <laughs> it was creepy. Yeah, um, it was creepy. Don't say that again. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, look, no, you're a disc jockey. You're, you're talking to the, you know, it's like like W-O-L-D. You know, you should hear me talking to the little children and listen what they say to me. Harry Chapin. Yeah. Ouch. You know what I have uh, for, for, your li- <laughs> for your listening pleasure? Actually, this is, I call this brain food. Brain food? What do, you, what do we have now? The news. And now it's time for the news. I'm your news reporter, Joe Flaxman. And and this is one of the stories I got here in the news. Scientists may have detected signs of a planet outside of the Milky Way. It might even be the first planet ever to be discovered outside of our galaxy. Did you guys notice? See, that's why it's the news. I'm going to go back to my regular voice now because it's too much of a strain. Too much of a strain. You know, down here on this bottom rung. (laughs) The possible exoplanet was discovered at the Whirlpool in the Whirlpool Galaxy. Did you know that there was a there's the Milky Way? It's right next to the Maytag Galaxy. Yeah, right, right. Of course, and that lonely guy sitting right there. Ah, that was good. The repairman, all by himself. I know. The uh, I didn't know there was a whirlpool galaxy, but I got to tell you something. Did you know that there's a there's a Milky Way? Yes. There's a Mikey Way, which is way way past the Milky Way, That's way out there. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I guess I'm being told there's a whirlpool galaxy. So they spotted this planet. They think <clears throat> now they can't be sure. An exoplanet is a planet outside of our solar system that normally orbits a star other than our own sun. Mm. In our galaxy, and until now, all other exoplanets have been found in the Milky Way. Most of them have been found less than 3,000 light years from Earth. This is supposedly 28 million light years from Earth. I mean, how how do they measure this stuff? For the speed of light, how long it takes to travel in one year. The team searched for dips in the brightness of X-rays, which usually contain a neutron star when a massive star collapses, or a black hole pulling in gas... Wow, that sounds awful. Yeah. A black hole pulling in gas? It's better than your brown hole blowing out gas. <laughs> Should I talk to Good my one, doctor? <laughs> and then he goes, well, I don't see anything wrong in here, in here, in here, in here. In here. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. All right, this plant is Is there anybody? It's really... Okay, so the researchers will have to wait a long time to confirm whether they've discovered a planet. Mm. Due to its large orbit... The planet candidate would not cross in front of the binary partner for another 70 years. Oh, there you go. 70 years yeah. before they're going to find out if what they saw was what they thought they saw. So his kid will figure it out. Isn't that great? Yeah. Now, speaking of planets, yep. how's Uranus tonight? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of black holes, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh, news story number two. Oh, hold on. Okay. <clears throat> God, this broadcasting is tough. I know. Gotta be on the ball. A federal court order has determined that the quote cocaine hippos. Ooh. <laughs> cocaine hippos. Those are the offspring of the hippos once owned by notorious drug kingpin Pablo Escobar. Oh, did they find them? Did you know he had hippos? Yeah, and they and they were lost. I, the people went looking for well, them. Well, they couldn't the, find it. Their babies are now lost. <laughs> their babies are. I mean, they're, they're manufacturing at an unbelievable rate. These hippos. I don't know how they get that done because oh. they're so fat. Do you know what I mean? They do it in the water. 
where you're kind of You know, really fat people, when they try to reproduce, <laughs> yeah, they need bookmarks. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm totally like, serious. I like to apologize for the behavior of our No, they host. do. They, you know, you get all, where, where am I? Uh, anyway, the court order, listen to this. This is unbelievable. <laughs> so these hippos, the cocaine hippos, can be now deemed, according to this federal court order, as, quote, interested persons with legal rights in the United States. Oh. <laughs> it's like you take the Hippocratic Oath. No, but the thing is, the, how, what rights can a hippo ask for in the United States? Voting. Right? Voting? Yeah, voting, welfare. Yeah. Are they going to crash the border to get here? Sure. The cocaine hippo, the court order is the latest turn in a lawsuit against the Colombian government as the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Like, the Colombians give a shit what the Animal Legal Defense Fund is saying to them. You know, it's Colombia. It's like, all they care about is can we, can we possibly ship more cocaine and fentanyl across the border? Right? Well. They were, they were going to be concerned about hippo animal rights? Maybe Fauci could find the hippos. The cocaine hippos are the offspring of those that once belonged to Escobar and Callum in Colombia in the 80s. Following his death, the hippos remained at his ranch and soon began to migrate and reproduce, with its population jumping over the last eight years from 35 hippos to 65. And, you know, they can be <laughs> dangerous as hell. There's 30 more hippos. What's the big deal here? I don't understand this story. They're dangerous. That's why I only read stories on this podcast that I don't understand. Hoping you guys can shed some light on it. Oh, this is good. They're gonna uh, they're gonna give the hippos condoms. Hippo condoms. Now Gomez is seeking to have the hippos treated with a contraceptive. So hefty, hefty, hefty garbage bags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, what does a hippo use for condom? <laughs> Whatever he wants. <laughs> God. You know, you know, in the old days, I don't know if you know this little piece of history. What's that? The first condoms were uh, made of uh, the bladders of sheep. Yeah. So they they discovered that they could use the hippo, uh, the hippo, the uh, the sheep bladders as condoms back. I think it was ancient Greece or something. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. second century or something. Yeah. And then later on, they discovered that it's better if you take them out of the sheep first. And now, the news. I'm Dolph Lundgren. Really? Reporting. Uh, you know, I was thinking of, uh, of Numi. Numi. You know who Numi got along great with that no one else liked? No. And, and Numi told me this. He said when he worked at Channel 3 in Hartford, Bill O'Reilly was the anchor. Oh. I said, did you? You had to work with Bill O'Reilly. He goes, I, I actually got along with him very well. He and they actually were, were you know, they go out to lunch and dinner. Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. And Numi, that shows you Numi could get along with anybody. Yep. If you can get along with Bill O'Reilly. Because, uh, you know, that guy was a notorious. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live. Like, just like we do this uh, podcast every single week. We, right. we do it live. Well, we do it live, but there's a whole lot of rehearsal involved that we don't usually talk about. It takes weeks. Yeah. It's like The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, the um, Dr. Robert Leonard uh, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates is one of my uh, they're, they're, they're really great people yeah. I gotta tell you I gave you the list earlier in the podcast of some of the famous people whose hair they have fixed permanently Yes. now when I say permanently what happens is it's not a rug you know it's not a weave 
It's your hair. It's not glued on. It's like yeah. a real thing growing right out of your own skull. Right. Everybody has hair uh, uh, where it's thicker. Even people who are bald on top have sides or thick, you know. They take the hairs and they individually put them up uh, in an area of your hair, of your head where you don't have any hair. But it's your hair. I asked so, Rod Nikovich, so is it is it painful? He, and he looked no. at me, he smiled, he said, no. No. He said, not. you get to watch a movie. You watch a movie yeah. while they're doing it. Yeah. What'd you watch? They give you a little local anesthesia. You know, it's, not, it's nothing. Yeah. But what you have when you're done is you're permanently... I watched uh, that, that one of a, the Major League Baseball where Kevin Costner was the old guy who came... For the love of the game? Yeah. That, that sounds right. Good game. See, I had mine a long time ago. A long time ago. And you still got it. These guys. And I was the first person to come out on the air and say, yeah, I did it. I might. And, and Dr. Robert Leonard is it was it the very best. By the way, I got to say this: he and Dr. Matthew Lepresti, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, yeah. just won Best of Boston. They did again. Yep. Yeah. Best of Boston for hair restoration. Uh, and that's and there's a lot of people out there, but you don't want to go to the. This is your head. It's your hair. You. It's how you're going to look. You want to go to the very best. You can, and that is Dr. Leonard's. Leonard Hair Transplant Associates featuring Dr. Matthew Lepresti, who's a genius when it comes to this stuff as well. Dr. Lepresti, uh, with his degree from the University of New England College of Osteopathic Medicine, internship at St. Joseph's Medical Center in, in Pennsylvania, three years of residency at Boston Medical Center, He uh, finished his subspecialty training, that was the hair replacement part of it, through Harvard Medical School. Wow. Dr. Lepresti, two-year preceptorship in his hair restoration sur surgery uh, field directly under Dr. Robert Leonard, the best. Call 1-800-GET-HAIR, and you'll get a free no-obligation uh, consultation with the doctor himself. I like that. Uh, Newton, Warwick, Braintree, Boston, Salem, New Hampshire, all five locations. Dr. Robert Leonard, go to hairdr.com or call 1-800-GET-HAIR. And don't forget to tell him that Mikey sent you and that he also likes my grandma's coffee cakes. Do they have to do it in that voice? This is Kermit the Frog here. Kermit T. Frog here. <laughs> hey, his is much better than mine. I think that's because I'm After all, it. there's only one more sleep till Christmas. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the top five Christmas movies. Right. Well, you wow. know, and people still remember Kermit the Frog. The, the cartoon characters that I do, no one remembers them, like Bullwinkle. You know, no one no, remembers What do you mean no one? Well, I guess kids. On, anyone under the age of 30 doesn't remember Bullwinkle, but. Uh, I do Quick Draw McGraw. No one remembers him. Right? El Cabong. El, El Cabong! <laughs> I also do Mr. Magoo. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Here's Mr. Magoo when he's constipated. You ready? Stand by. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Why, George, I've been trying to take this dump for 14 hours now. <laughs> it's not coming out. <laughs> Uh, ooh, tires me out. That was pretty good. <laughs> tires me out, too, Mr. McGill. I, I, I got some in my utility bag. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Do you yeah. remember that one? Yeah. Claw, let's uh, get you, Gadget. Oh, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. You have to belch that out every time you do it? Yeah, By the way, what you have for lunch? Uh, Pickles? Bagel bites. Because uh, when pizza's on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. That's true. That's that's a fact. They, should, they should put that on the box. Good call. They should. Yeah. Good call. Um, I have uh, one more thing I wanted. What, what, what was the one more thing I wanted to mention? I don't know. You know how they do that thing? They do one more thing. Right? On a radio station, last call. And everybody goes, you know. Yeah, I know. I remember. Know that. Yeah. <laughs> Just one more thing. Yeah. How about extra point? You know, the football shows always have. And then at the end, they and this, it's time for extra point. And everybody makes one more point. Well. You know? It's kind of a, it's kind of a 
orchestrated yeah. situation. Um, I have, uh, what was I going to say? Come on now. I can't, uh, honestly. Uh, Memory loss? Oh, no. I know what it was. I was going to talk about how the Red Sox got knocked out of the, this really killed me. They were so good through game three. Yeah. They were like bing, bang, boom. They're hitting grand slams, smashing the ball. Everybody's hitting everything. And that guy in center field, uh, Kike Hernandez, was like, is godlike. And then all of a sudden, what happened? What happened? Did, was there cheating that went on? All of a sudden, the Red Sox couldn't do shit. They couldn't do, they couldn't hit, they couldn't pitch, they couldn't catch, they couldn't score, they didn't do squat. And all of a sudden, Alex Cora goes from being the wizard of managerial tactics to, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Do you know what happened, Ben? No, it, was, it, it seemed a little suspicious, but I think they just, uh, they hit their wall. You know, sometimes bats go silent. But for three days? Yeah, it was, let's put it this way. I, I think the, Reds, run. the Red Sox were lucky to make it to the American League Championship Series. Okay. I think they outperformed what they actually were. I think they had a great run through the Yankees, through the Rays, yeah. and through a couple of games. But ultimately, it fell short. Remember what happened in Game 1 of the Astros series? Yeah. They got blanked. Yeah. And so it's not like it was unprecedented no, within the series. But, I mean... So they got hot for two games. Louis Tion shut down the big red machine in Game 1 of the 1975. Hey, well, hold on. I think we got somebody on the phone. Is here. that your phone ringing? Yeah, it might be Vinny. Let's see. Hold on. <coughs> Let's see. Let's see. Is it Vinny? What was this, Vinny? This is Vinny. I cleared everybody out. Hey! Oh, how Vinny. did you clear everyone out? It's Mikey, Ben, and, and Bill. You know us well, and we know you well. How you doing over there at Shaw Sheen Firearms? Doing pretty good. It's been busy today. That's good news. Were they the customers we sent to you, Vinny? Oh, all of them, yes. Ah, good man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Vinny uh, is the owner-operator of Shawshine Firearms and Bill Ricca, one of our one of our proud sponsors, at 12 Hadley Street. And uh, we've come to the conclusion that he's the very best in the industry at what he does, which is not only to to sell new and used firearms, but to do the repairs on the firearms and to just share knowledge with people on uh, on everything that has to do with uh, anything that's guns. Am that's... I correct in that? Sounds about right to me. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the what's the hottest thing going on right now? I mean, I th- I think you know I went out this past year and and procured my my dad's old firearm. First of all, let me ask Vinny. Let me ask Vinny this. What do you think of of a of a, uh, a Smith and Wesson thirty eight special? I think it's a classic that's been in use for years and hasn't failed a lot of people. So. I think it's a uh, it's a good choice. It's a good one. Huh? My dad, my, my dad, my dad was so proud of this gun when he first got it. He, my dad passed away eleven years, uh, ten years ago, and when he first got the gun, Vinny, he he goes, "You want to see something great?" I go, "Yeah." So he brings me to his room. He goes, "Oh, look!" He pulls out this felt bag out of his drawer next to the bed, and he pulls the gun. He pulls the gun out. And he hands it to me like, like it's some artifact, you know, from the uh, uh, from uh, Indiana Jones movie. He says. Isn't she a beauty? And he hands it over to me, and it's got the wood handle. And he's like, he was so proud of that gun, and I'm, I'm glad to have it now. But he also had a 1911, um, uh, you know, World War, World War II issue. What about that as a collector's item? Very good collector's item. So if it's in good condition, all original, it's going to be worth some pretty good cash for you. Really? Yeah. Huh? Yep. Interesting. It's interesting. It is it. I got to bring. I got to bring it up to you, Vinny, and have you take a look at it. Give me your. Uh, your estimate of uh, of that. So, 
are people getting guns more now uh, than ever before? Yes and no. Uh, so the problem with getting the guns right now is that there's not a whole lot in stock with the distributors. They're just not pumping them out fast enough. So wow. some people are picky about what they want, so they've been kind of holding off on what they buy. So it's it's definitely a very sporadic time for the industry, I would say. But, the demand- but overall, there's a lot of people buying guns. So the demand is that high? Yes, absolutely. How about that? Yeah, so the supply can't meet, like many other products in the country right now, the supply can't quite meet the demand? Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just over the past, what, year and a half now, where this COVID's been going on, you've had at least 8 million new gun owners. Yeah. What would you, you know, there's 8 million new gun owners, and a new person comes up to you and asks you in the store, hey, what would you recommend first-time gun buyer or gun owner to buy, you know, what would your recommendation be? If they're a little timid towards guns, I would probably start them off with a 22, like a semi-automatic 22. Mm -hmm. Um, If they feel a little bit more confident, if they've taken the classes and did the live shooting during their class, um, I'd push them towards like a, like a nine millimeter, just because the ammo is available and it's one of the cheaper center fire. Uh, cartridges out there right now. You know, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I guess was was when the story happened. Alec Baldwin. Now, you know, I took the gun safety course when I got my LTC, and uh, you know, it, the first thing they hammer into your brain is, you know, every gun is loaded. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you do you go through that same drill with people when they come in to buy a gun? You treat every gun like it's loaded. Period. End end of story. But you know, pointed to people, and here's Alec Baldwin with this big issue. What are your thoughts on that, Vinny? Uh, well, I, I mean, Alec Baldwin is kind of a jackass in my opinion i don't think really too many people like him no uh, we like to call we like to say he's an asshole that's what we say yeah. and having said that i mean i'm pretty sure he was you know anti-gun he doesn't like guns yeah but to me i think anti-gun people should learn about firearms because you never know when you might come across one so even if you are you know totally against guns it's good to maybe take a safety class so you know how to handle one properly. Right. Especially if you're going to be an actor handling a actual live gun, you know, anything could happen. Sure. And it did. So you should know the safety rules and, you know, protocols ahead of time. You know, if, even if the gun goes off a million times, if you had it pointed in a safe direction, it wouldn't have hurt anyone. That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. Now, what's the, what's the latest on, I, I'm trying to remember from the course I took, I, I, it, it, carrying the gun from one place to another. Someone wants to bring their gun to have you look at it. What, what would you suggest they do? How do they, how do they take care of making sure they're within the parameters of the law? Uh, so right on my door, I actually have a sign. Um, it's, it tells you to make sure that the gun is unloaded with the action open. Um, it needs to be locked during transportation. So you're going to have a trigger lock or some sort of cable lock or a locked case mm-hmm. to transport it um, in Massachusetts. Because you want you don't want to you don't have any issues, <laughs> you know, get, get, get taking care of that kind of business. Because it's uh, I got to tell you that um, you know your reputation is tremendous. I got to send people to Bill Rickham, Massachusetts. If there's if there's any questions that they have, if there's any uh, guns that they want to have looked at, if they want to purchase a gun, a new or used gun, you're going to a guy up there who's not only been 
on the cover of major gun magazines. That's right. But um, That's a guy a great article. has a tremendous reputation for a complete, honest, square business guy. You've got uh, ammunition. You've got firearms. You've got advice. You've got gun repair. You've got gun cleaning. And I'm sure you do it under a fair uh, pricing structure, too, at Shawshine Firearms and Gunsmithing. Am I wrong about any of this, Vinny? No, you're hitting all the key marks right there. <laughs> I'm just glad to know you. And I'm and uh, Smith, Smitty and I are coming up there, and I'm going to pack my father's guns in, uh, up and bring them and uh, make sure that they're uh, unloaded and the action's open. And I'm going to have you give me an estimate because uh, I appreciate your your expertise. All right. I appreciate your business when you come down. Absolutely. We'll be up to see you. Maybe we'll let Ben come along. He's yeah. Got a, yeah, he's got a little pop gun. that. <laughs> Hold on. A pop gun? <laughs> Tell Vinny the story of when Fred Smurlis was here. Oh yeah, Freddie oh, Smurlis, right? You know the the uh, the nose tackle, the two hundred ninety pound muscle. I mean, this guy's huge, right? I don't know why he even has to carry a gun. He's so giant. So he comes in here with a gun in his fanny pack. Well, we're doing the podcast. It's like a you know, it's a it's a residential area here. Hold on, I have to stop you right there. Did you say a fanny pack? Yes, yeah, a fanny. Oh, uh, he he's out. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> So Smurlis comes in, you know, he's all pro Buffalo Bills nose tackle, crazy man, you know, uh, undefeated wrestler in high school, but he's got this gun in his panty pack. So he, he brings it in, he shows it to us, it's loaded. <laughs> well, he put it in my hands, and then he goes, it's loaded, by the way. I was it's like, loaded. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, you can take it back. Thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So you kind of broke rule number one there. So anytime somebody hands you a gun, you want to make sure that the gun is unloaded with the action open, because in the process of transferring it from one person to another yeah. if it went off yeah. and it was in your hand and it shot bill in the leg it would be your fault oh man <laughs> oh man well continued success for you at shawshine firearms Vinny cedrone a great guy and we're going to be up to see you real soon because and bill rick is not a far haul but you know we're so busy you know i'm doing my my uh, underwear modeling on the side <laughs> but we'll be uh. we'll be up soon to see you Vinny. is that cool Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm here Tuesday through Friday, 1 to 6. Great job. Nice talking to you, pal. You got it. All right. Thanks, See you, Vinny. Vinny. Vinny's All right, a, thanks, guys. Vinny's a good man. Uh, we're going to, uh, I think we're, we've done a fine, fine podcast here, by the way, tonight. We've got some information in there. Huh? We mm. covered some stuff. I want to let everybody know that we have a new podcast coming out soon. It's called 15 Minutes of Shame. Shame. On the floor of Tokyo, or down in London town to go-go, with the record selection and the mirror's reflection, I'm dancing with myself, True. When there's no one else in sight, you in the crowded, lonely night, well, I wait so long for my love vibration, and I'm dancing with myself. Oh, oh, dancing with myself. Oh, oh, dancing with myself. Now there's nothing to lose, and there's nothing to prove. I'll be dancing with myself. If I looked all over the world, and there's every type of girl, but your empty eyes seem to pass me by and leave me dancing with myself. So let's sink another drink, as it'll give me time to think. If I had the chance, I'd ask the world to dance, and I'll be dancing with myself. Oh, oh, dancing with myself. Oh, oh, dancing with myself. 
Well, there's nothing to lose, nothing to prove. I'll be dancing with myself. That's yours! Oh, 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 oh! Oh, 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 oh! That's a lot of O's, Joe. I heard you not only dance with yourself, but you do everything with yourself. Is that true, Joe? Keep your mouth shut, Joe. If I look all over the world, and there's every type of girl, but your empty eyes seem to pass me by. You leave me dancing with myself. So let's sink another drink, Joe. Because it'll give me some time to think. If we had the chance, I'd ask the world to dance and take off your pants with myself. Oh, oh! Dancing with myself! Dancing with myself at Shaw's! If I had the chance, I'd ask the world to dance. If I had the chance to take off my pants. Oh, 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 oh! Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, Sherry Ojo, but I'm dancing with myself. Oh, yeah, dancing with myself. Dancing with myself. Oh, oh, dancing with myself, true. Oh, 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 oh. What's the matter, Joe? Uh oh. What happened? I think I wet my pants, true. Uh oh. Sure, it's just urine. Better check the skid marks, Joe. <laughs>